Hey guys, the Patreon is back. If you want and are able to, you can directly support this podcast by signing up for the Would You Die Patreon for only $3 a month. You will get exclusive content and monthly live streams. And as this brand continues to grow, I'll add more tiers and perks along the ways. Also, while you're in the mood for supporting horror creators, check out Fangoria, one of the premier brands in horror. Fangoria has been delivering quality magazines since 1979. Each collectible issue features exclusive articles about your favorite monsters as well as up-and-coming terrors. Be sure to check out the Fangoria store website for subscriptions and a bunch of cool merch. And while you're there, use promo code Show for 20% off your entire order. That's right, 20% off your entire order. Applies to subscription and one-time orders. Applies to the first subscription order only. Now, it's time to discover the world of Giallo. Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. Have you ever felt a knife cut through human flesh and scrape the bone beneath? You're gonna need a bigger boat. Be my victim. You are all my children now. Hello, my name is Austin Torres, and welcome to the Would You Die podcast, the show where we talk about our favorite horror monsters and villains. Today, I am joined by horror content creator. She makes videos for her YouTube channel, Sweet and Spooky, and she is a Vincent Price-loving Latina queen. Please welcome (laughs) my friend, Celise. Hello. Oh, that was such a cute intro. Thank you. Oh, no problem. (laughs) I, I mean, as you are a a horror content creator yourself, you know, when you have someone on your channel or your show, you want to gas them up. You want to hype them up, you know? Of course. Of course. It's part of the job, isn't it? It's part of the <laughs> job. And then at the same time, my personal philosophy is I don't want to talk to people I myself am not a fan of, if that makes sense. Valid. I agree. Like, if you're on my show, I consider you a friend or I think what you make is super cool. Usually it's both. (laughs) Yeah, usually yes. (laughs) So welcome to the show. And you have a great topic for us today. I do. (laughs) You, You are introducing us and myself to the wonderful horror subgenre that is Giallo. Yes, Chalo. I'm super excited with that. But before we dive right in, I got to ask, how did you become a horror fan? What was your like kind of like your horror origin story? <laughs> um, I actually became a horror fan by accident. I actually told this story on Sledgehammer Horror's channel. <laughs> um, kind of my first horror movie was by mistake. My aunt, I had asked her I I don't remember how old I was, but I was pretty young. I asked her to buy me for Christmas. I asked her to buy me the Chucky Rugrats movie, but I kept saying, oh, I want the Chucky movie. It was like a Rugrats movie where I guess the focus was Chucky. I don't remember which movie it was. It might've been the one that's like about him and his mom or something. And she went to this like video store, I guess. And I guess she must've said, oh, like I want to buy the Chucky movie to whoever was working there. So she gives me the movie. 
I think nothing of it. I put it in the VCR and all of a sudden I'm like, okay, these like commercials are really long. Like this is taking so long. Where are the Rugrats? And then all of a sudden I just see like this woman picking up this doll and it was like the scene where Chucky's like, you stupid bitch you know and <laughs> yeah. i was like oh my god and his face was so scary i was like oh my god i don't know where the rugrats are and like i i literally cried and i just like went under the blanket and like waited for like my mom to get home <laughs> because i was too scared <laughs> to stop it but yeah and i was scared of chucky for so long but then like a little bit after that i was always kind of like curious you know like i was scared but like curious yeah <laughs> so no, i get that <laughs> So like a little bit after that, I started to watch kind of like more PG-13 horror movies. Like I remember I went to go see Prom Night uh, in the theater, like the remake. And I was like, I can do this horror shit. Like this is it. This is my jam. I can do it. And then I finally like watched Chucky and I was like, I'm not scared of him anymore. And then I was like obsessed with him. And that's really how it started. <laughs> I I love that story because I got a little bit of a parallel with that with my son. Not with Chucky though, with a different slasher icon. But I gotta say, you mentioned um sledgehammer horror. I love mm -hmm. Ken. Ken is Same. a friend. And shout out to you, Ken. I, I got to do his show too. And we talked about Jurassic Park and we bonded because we're both uh we're both the Detroiters. So <laughs> <laughs> If you're listening, Ken, that's your shout out. My horror journey parallel is kind of similar to yours where um, I had that slasher villain that he he terrified me, but I was mm -hmm. kind of curious. Like, yeah. <laughs> and for me, it was Michael Myers. Yay. I he, love it. He scared me so much because I, I swear to God, when my family had cable, so I'd, I'd you know, growing up and- it's October, so I feel like they always had a Halloween movie on. Mm -hmm. And Michael Myers was always around. And I'm like, oh my God, he's so scary. Why Why is this? I'm six. <laughs> why is this on the TV? <laughs> yes. Actually, that's so funny. Because when I was younger, there was always like Halloween playing because my brother used to love those movies and he's older than me. And I remember the first Halloween movie I watched was Halloween 4. And I cried because I'm seeing like little Danielle Harris. She's like my size. And she's like running and crying. And like, I'm like, no, they can't kill her. She's just a little girl. <laughs> she is, she's really good too. She's so good. Like yeah. you put on that movie now and you're like, no, you can't kill her. She's a little girl. <laughs> like she's selling it. You could tell. And it's just like, for sure. yeah, she's great in that. It was never the original Halloween because I remember watching that for the first time while I was in high school after I had watched Scream for the first time. Why that's such a vivid memory? I don't know. It was always like four or, four or five, I feel like, was always on TV. Oh, wow. And the one with Busta Rhymes. Yeah, Resurrection. Yeah, yeah, it was always on. You're right. I feel like it's still always on. I feel like <laughs> I watch it once a year. I never choose to watch it. I just put it on AMC and it's like, well, it's making me watch Resurrection. <laughs> and honestly, I'm not going to change the channel. <laughs> it's fun, you know, it's not good but it's fun. <laughs> I could definitely watch something more boring. So I'll give, Valid. I'll give it that. <laughs> what kind of got you into creating horror content? I got into it during lockdown. I was like, I just really need a place where I can like 
speak really passionately about movies and about like this genre because I kind of felt like I always loved movies and horror like to an unhealthy degree where I was like obsessed like everything like in my room all posters everything I have to go to the cons like I have to do everything I want to do an analysis of this and this and I was like you know what I think I want to find like a community of people where I can like share this with and I can also meet other fans and then I'll like you know make opportunities for myself that's awesome and still going strong too thank you Speaking of still going strong, you've done a lot of videos on this very topic and you actually have a really well-made video that you did, I want to say a year ago, um, which is an intro to Giallo. Yes. And I've never, I've never seen a Giallo movie before um, talking to you about getting this episode made. So Giallo is completely new to me. My only experience with Giallo was when I was little, like nine, I think. I was at my padrino's house on Halloween and he was watching Bravo's 100 Scariest Movie Moments, which is oh, like, cool. like a niche kind of, you, if listeners, if you know, you know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good. Yeah. And it introduced me to so many things that traumatized me that night. But what sticks in my head most vividly was when they were talking about Suspiria. Mm-hmm. I still haven't seen Suspiria. And Loki, <laughs> I kind of don't want to. I'm kind of, I'm still kind of scared? scared of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's freaky. It, it is. It is. Actually, it's so funny. When I did my video, um, I put Suspiria on there as like an introduction. And I got a lot of comments from people. I feel like I have to address. I got a lot of comments from people that were like, it's not a Jalo. Like, so it shouldn't be on the list. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, I'm looking it up. It's like popping up, whatever. And it's technically not a Jalo because it's not a whodunit. It's not like, you know what I mean? It's not like yeah. a mystery of like whodunit. It's more of a supernatural movie. But it still has like so much Jalo elements that, and it's made by a Jalo creator, <laughs> like a Jalo director. So it's like, give me a break. It can, it can toe the line. Like, it counts. <laughs> and I know it still has like that insane music by Goblin. Yes, it does. It so, very much has like a Jalo score. So <laughs> I would like to say I would consider it, but considering the fact that I still haven't seen it and yeah. I don't plan on seeing it. <laughs> <laughs> one day uh, you'll watch it. One day. One day I'll put my big boy pants on and I'll conquer that beast, but it's not today. <laughs> I'll watch literally anything else. (laughs) I have seen the remake. Okay. (laughs) Did it scare you? No, it disturbed me. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. I didn't finish it though. I feel bad. It's so long. It's so long. I fell asleep. I fell asleep and I still, I feel like I have to watch the last 20 or 15 minutes. I feel like I watched most of it. Yeah. I don't know how it ends. And I just, it's so long. <laughs> the thing is, it's so long. It It is, though. I, I like long movies. It's just you have to plan your day around it. You do. Which is fine. But like a lot of times I just want to put on an 80, 90 minute. Um, <laughs> right. 
nice movie. simple yeah yeah because i'm gonna stay awake the whole time I, we work you know <laughs> <laughs> oh we've got jobs yeah no i know right. i feel you and then it was my fault. I put the movie on after 10 o'clock and it's already a long one. Exactly. I feel that. I get But that. I liked, I really liked what I saw. So. Nice. <laughs> it's just something about me and not being able to finish Suspiria in any form. <laughs> I feel like you would easily finish the original like the original is long, but like mm-hmm. there's like no way I feel like you could fall asleep because it's so visually pretty. You know what I mean? It yeah. like literally is like eye candy almost. I think that's a big re- a big part of what freaked me out when I was a kid. Yeah, and that came on because it's so surreal. Yeah, for sure it has surreal lighting. Yeah, and I think you said it in your intro in your intro to Giallo video. Giallo films tend to be very dreamlike. Yes. But with Suspiria, I've had nightmares that look like Suspiria. Oh, okay. So I get why you're dodging it. Yeah. <laughs> That's valid, though. I, I, I honestly thought the same thing was going to happen with Deep Red, which uh, we'll, we'll talk at length about. But no, I slept like a baby. Deep Red's fucking awesome, by the way. It's so good. Oh, my God. Quintessential Giallo. So I, uh, yeah, let's, we've been talking about Giallo already, but the listeners are like, what if I don't know what Giallo is? This this episode is intro to Giallo. So do you want to kind of <laughs> walk us through some of the, some of the elements? Yes. Um, a Giallo is an Italian slasher film. It is usually a whodunit film. The word Giallo means yellow in Italian. So it actually like doesn't really mean anything. It just means yellow. (laughs) (laughs) The key things to knowing you're watching a giallo is it usually has bad dubbing. And this is because most of the time there were actors on the set that all spoke different languages. Sometimes they would have an actor that was American that spoke English They'd have a French actor that only spoke French. So they thought it was best to just like dub the whole thing. So usually when you're watching a Jalo, it's a dub. It's not a good dub, but you get past it because everything else is beautiful. There's always really dramatic zoom in shots. There's very like surrealist lighting. There's always like gorgeous women in very extravagant, fashionable outfits. And we always have a fashionable killer usually with black gloves. If you've seen Blood and Black Lace, that's usually like your stereotypical Jollo killer. There are some exceptions though, where the Jollo killer does not look like that. Like in the case of like sleazier Jolly, which are like the more like dirty ones that are low budget. Sometimes the killer like looks ridiculous. Like there's one that's in like a swim suit and he has like a motorcycle like helmet on and that's in Strip Nude for Your Killer. Who knows why, but does it matter? Because it's still entertaining. <laughs> if that's, that's the killer's vibe, that's his vibe, you know? <laughs> exactly. That's his vibe. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And I, you had me watch three films so I can be educated. And I watched all three. I was very proud of myself. I'm so I watched happy all you did. three. 
it, it helped that they were shorter. Good. Like I watched two of them in the time I would have watched the Suspiria remake. <laughs> Good. I don't remember how long Deep Red is. There's two different cuts. I don't know which cut you watch. I'm assuming you watched the, the shorter one though, right? I think so. I watched whatever was on Shudder. Okay. Yeah. Because there's there's yeah. an Italian cut and then there's like an American cut. And I think the one on Shudder is the American cut. It was dubbed. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It was dubbed. Yeah, the three films you had me watch were The Strange Vice of Mrs. Ward, I think. Yeah. Yeah. There's an H and I'm For like no reason. I, I hope the H is silent because I don't know how the fuck to say that. There's um, a there's a fun little reason for that, actually. What wait, what is it? So um at the time of the release of The Strange Vice of Mrs. Ward, wherever they shot the movie, I forget, but um wherever they shot the movie, there was actually like a woman named Mrs. Ward with this with like just the D at the end. Mm -hmm. And she like, I think she had like said something about like she didn't want it to be associated with her. And so they put the H at the end and changed is... it. <laughs> that is so funny. Isn't it? It's that is crazy. so funny, especially because they could have put the H in between the W and the A and no one would have like said anything. <laughs> I know. It's so crazy. I read that and I was like, could this be true? I don't know. That's Okay. Okay. That seems so specific. Who would it make is. that up? I, it <laughs> it is true. true. It has, it to, has be. to be true. <laughs> but yeah, that was the first film, The Strange Vice of Mrs. Ward. Then you suggested The Red Queen Kills Seven Times. Yes. Which that that's a movie. I'm excited to talk about that. They're all they're all like insane. <laughs> insane they in the are. membrane, as one <laughs> might say. And the third one, which we've talked about a little bit already, was Deep Red. Yes. If you guys are interested in watching foreign horror, I I just watched all three of these very recently. I like them all because I feel like a lot of people, when it comes to like when they start dipping their toes into foreign horror, I feel like it's Suspiria, it's Ringu, mm -hmm. and, um, and Godzilla. I feel like those are the <laughs> ones that... Pretty much every horror fan has seen. And I know there are more, um, but I feel like if I see like the average horror fan, they've seen those three. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I uh, I really enjoyed all of all three. Which one do you got? Do you want to like dive into first? Hmm, that's a good question. Uh, they're all like kind of different. I, I mean, I feel like since Deep Red is like quintessential Jalo. I guess we should dive into that one first because it, it it has everything that like a Jalo is. I they they all do, but like this one is like you know it's kind of like the start of it. Of the of the trio, I gotta say, Deep Red is my favorite. Yay! That's good. I really I really enjoyed it. I just have like one, and this is coming from someone who watched it last night. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I just have like one major complaint and I put on my letterbox four stars. So I don't have a lot of complaints with this movie. I thought it was really, really good, but I low key kind of hate the main character. <laughs> oh, that's fine. I've heard people say that. The girl journalist who like wants Daria to Nicolodi. help. In... Yeah, she's so much more interesting. I'd much rather be following her. She is. Yeah, she is. She's a very good actress. She's actually... Dario Argento's, or she was Dario Argento's wife. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, 
I thought she was awesome. I would have much rather follow her for the rest of the movie than the <laughs> than the pianist. Like he yeah, wasn't. Well, ba- I don't want to. I don't think it was a bad performance. No, no. But the character is kind of. He's a. He's a little bit unlikable. I. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fine. Not every protagonist needs to be likable. Yeah, I agree. It's just when you have this insanely likable character <laughs> <laughs> right? and you're following the one that's not her. I'm just like, what do, what are we doing here? But uh, no, I really I really enjoyed it. I think a movie's very strong if I can actively dislike the main character and still <laughs> like easily give it like four stars. <laughs> that's a great rating. Yeah. Four stars is good. What about Deep Red? Because I'm assuming it's one of your favorites in the it's up Giallo. There, yeah. Yes. Canon. Yeah. What sets it apart from the rest to you? I think Deep Red. So actually, at first, when I first saw it, I didn't really like it. <laughs> I first saw it and I was like, oh my God, this is so boring. And I was falling asleep. But it was also one of those situations where I put it on way too late. And like, I really wasn't invested enough. I actually went to go see it at Lincoln Center. And it was like an evening with Dario Argento. And he like came out and he like introduced the movie. I spoke a little bit about it. And then we watched it in this big like screen with a bunch of like Jalo fans. And it was the Italian cut. So like the cut that Dario wanted. So it was very long. long. And I was like, this is incredible like I don't know why I didn't like it before but I guess like why I really love it is because it feels like to me it was really like the start I know it's not the first Jalo. I don't know what technically is the first Jalo, but I feel like this was like the first of its kind from Argento where you're like oh this is crazy look at how like look at how the blood looks it kind of looks like paint and it looks ridiculous but it's so pretty to look at and also all of the kills in the movie are so creative like I feel like the one like window one with the woman with the short blonde hair is like it just sticks with you the image it's like it's horrifying but it's also like done so beautifully you kind of like admire it almost you know you're like whoa that's like crazy that takes like a master I think to come up with like making death look like pretty you know which sounds crazy but um i swear i'm coming from like an artsy place <laughs> <laughs> it's horror fans listening to this we, we um, you got me. If, you're, if, if you're not a horror fan and you're listening to this i'm very confused and very <laughs> impressed right like you're this far in <laughs> yeah i've been doing this for a while now so you guys know what we're talking about by now <laughs> <laughs> valid yeah it was just something about it that really like stuck with me and i love it i love like the killer reveal which i don't know if we should spoil maybe we shouldn't uh, spoil i don't think so no because i really we um, want people to watch it yeah yeah, yeah so we don't no want spoilers, spoil. guys. No spoilers. The, the killer reveal is great. Like the, it had me shocked. I was like, what? And then, I don't know. I feel like for that time, that that killer reveal specifically for that time, I was like, slay. You know. I I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. I I, I, I actually uh, rewound it a little bit because I thought maybe I missed something. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm like, oh no, 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 I was paying attention. I was paying attention that we just went there. I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and then, and then the ending, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's intense. And I think this applies to all three films that we're talking about today, but especially, especially Deep Red. I think what I picked up on with Trends and Giallo is, as you were to your point earlier on how death is like a striking Im imagery, it's beautiful in a macabre sort of sense. Mm -hmm. It is really violent. It is. It is. That's true. And as someone who like devours slasher movies and monster movies, I can handle blood and guts now, you know, I'm like, I'm normally like the more blood, the better, but it's just something about the way it might be maybe just an Italian filmmaker sensibility, but they don't pull any punches. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. That's also it's... why I like it, though. Yeah. And I was like, oh, damn. Yeah, they go for it. They go for it. Dario Argento is yeah. really good at like making like really creative kills, but also like kind of making them like actual ways that somebody could like get hurt or die. Like somebody could fall out of a window and die. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like right. And it's not like maybe it's maybe it's because like we watch so many American horror films especially slashers, maybe our cultural sensibilities are more in tuned with it. But for some mm. reason, when an Italian makes a creative kill like that, it just hits a little harder. Yeah. We're horror fans. We've seen some nasty shit. That's <laughs> true. But I just feel like there there is an intensity to Deep Red and the other two you've shown me where I was like, damn, that hurt. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's there is a lot of intensity in in most jolly, I think. Different I, levels of intensity for sure. I don't want to spoil it. All I'm going to say is there's a kill in Deep Red where uh, this dude is just being bashed oh, all over the place. Yeah. It's and it's intense. not like it's that's the thing. It, these are so intense. It's not the most violent scene mm -hmm. I've ever seen. But it just comes at you with an intensity that that a seasoned horror vet like us, right. we're like, damn. <laughs> right. Part of the charm. <laughs> I, I really, I really enjoyed that aspect. And I think they kind of get tone right. Because like, you could argue that if you guys have seen Deep Red, then you know the kill we're talking about where he's just bashed all over the room. You do the same thing to Bruce Campbell in Evil Dead 2, and it's funny. Right. But, yeah, uh, it's crazy. So that kind of like shows how important tone is to a movie. I mean, those two, Dario Argento, Sam Raimi, are both legends. They're trying to do different things. Mm -hmm. um, but that was just like the first comparison I could think of. Also, look at me coming in with the hot takes. Dario Argento and Sam Raimi are good filmmakers. <laughs> the hot takes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I i'm really i'm really uh setting off discourse now <laughs> <laughs> you really are yeah they're gonna come for you <laughs> I, re I really i really enjoyed deep red there's just imagery that i'm still like thinking about I, yeah. for me i think it's the strongest of the films like i said the only thing i personally would change is i'd follow gianna instead of the 
pianist. Yeah. But she rules. I wanted to see more of her. I could see that working. I could see that making me liking it a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. I think the scene that made me like both fall in love with her and then kind of low key just dislike the the pianist yeah. is the arm wrestling scene. Oh, yeah. He's such an ass. And it's just like, yeah, because first off, you know what it reminded me of? Like those Twitter alpha males. Oh, God. Yeah, 100%. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what he reminded me of. And it's like, buddy, you are not the epitome of masculinity. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Like as that, a musician, crazy. as a musician myself, I can say, buddy, you're a pianist. <laughs> <laughs> Settle down. <laughs> right sit at the piano right. exactly and then he's just like well you only won because you cheated it's just like damn dude he's so intimidated what? by her and it's just like you're a pianist what did you expect <laughs> i love that <laughs> like coming for him but what i love about that scene is she just like owns him in the arm wrestle and then and then she goes okay uh when do we start like let, yeah. let's go solve this mystery i'm just like you get him you know? <laughs> she's the best she's awesome and then i thought <laughs> she was gonna be and she's like no you beat me you're gonna be out of the story for the next 20 minutes <laughs> and i was just like ay 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 and that kind of informed the rest of the film. But once the kills started happening, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is, <laughs> this this is, is fun, brilliant. <laughs> There's a lot of strong women in these, at least in these three Giallo films. That's exactly why I love Giallo. There's always very strong female characters. And I don't just mean like, like physically strong, because it's like you beat a pianist at an arm wrestle. Like it's not <laughs> right. Like whoop de doo. But she is strong willed. She's a go getter. Yes. Also, people who play the piano are gonna come after me. So <laughs> I, I I shouldn't be saying I shouldn't be talking smack. They they could if you play the piano, you could probably beat me up. Pianos are heavy, <laughs> and you have to lift them. You probably don't have to lift a piano. But probably I'm just not. trying to I'm just trying to avoid the. I hate piano players allegations, which <laughs> I don't. But no, she's she's a strong character. She's a go-getter. Um, she doesn't take no for an answer, and she's smart and she's clever. In the the secret face of of Mrs. Ward, she's an iconic character. She's yeah. very strong. And that was a film I watched first. So that was oh, the nice. one that really set the tone. Okay. And I don't want to spoil too much. I don't want to spoil anything, actually, because these movies have so many twists and turns. They do. And I'm just like, damn, I should have been taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's a lot. It's a lot of information. But she's great. I'm going to butcher the pronunciation, but Edwidge Fennec? Yeah, no, that's right. Oh, shit. Edwidge Fennec. Go. Yeah. <laughs> he did it. She, she is awesome. She is. She's all over my apartment. Like, I have pictures of her everywhere. That's <laughs> like, awesome. Like, I have a picture of her up here. In my dining room, I have two different Jalo posters for two different movies of hers. One is Strange Vice and Miss Ward. The other one is Case of the Bloody Iris. And then there's a picture of her in my bathroom, too. I love her. It's my favorite. This is my Jalo queen. She's been in many Jolly. 
So she's kind of like like the Jamie Lee Curtis of Gialli. She is. She is. What are some other films that she's been in? You just men- mentioned, I already lost it, something with the iris? Yeah, the case of the bloody iris. These these titles are they're very so hard to remember. They're, no, yeah, because they're so wordy. <laughs> they are. They are. They're like little novellas. Yeah, the titles are always crazy. For Jolly, like you'll know you're watching one because there's always like, a color or an animal or a number in the title it's always crazy like (laughs) there is um obviously the case of the bloody iris and then there's like five women for the killer you know there's all these like crazy names like i think the craziest one is this Edwidge is also in this one. Your vice is a locked room and only I have the key. It's like the, it's like insane. (laughs) Wait, wait. Can you say that again? Yeah. Your vice is a locked room and only I have the key. Is this a film title or is it a threat? (laughs) It is a threat. Actually, a little fun fact. They say this title in Strange Vice of Mrs. Ward. It's actually on like one of the letters that she gets. Oh, I must have. Yeah. I was going to say I missed it. But at the same time, I didn't know that title was a thing. So I probably didn't think anything of it. Exactly. Wow. That's cool. I wrote it down somewhere, but there's this insane quote (laughs) which might be one of my favorite film quotes ever now. I wrote it down somewhere because I don't want to butcher it. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I get you. So I'm looking it up. This is not a spoiler. It kind of is a spoiler and it kind of isn't. But out of context, I don't think it's going to spoil anything. Okay. (laughs) And if it does, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) This film is on Shudder, so... It's easy to find. I think it's on Tubi as well if you don't have Shutter. So it this film is pretty accessible. But I told you, the best possible time to get rid of someone is when there's a homicidal maniac on the loose. Wait, what? You have to say it again. I told you, the best possible time to get rid of someone is when there's a homicidal maniac on the loose. <laughs> Where is this from? This is from the movie? It's from The Strange Vice of Mrs. Ward. Oh my God, I don't even remember that. It's near the end. I don't want to say too much because uh, it is literally the plot twist. <laughs> oh, okay. I Yeah, I don't remember them saying that, but that's so funny. I rewound it because I had three times because I, I had to be like, they said what? And then I had to make my letterbox <laughs> review. I love that. Yeah, there's so much like ridiculous lines in in these movies sometimes. And also, is is there a trend of like women fighting? Because I feel like I've seen that that's a part of every single film of the three I've seen. <laughs> women fighting because because in this one, um, in the strange vice of Mrs. Ward, the, um, she's at a party with her current boo thing, and that's where she sees like her ex abusive partner horrible guy but at that party it starts off and everyone's having a good time and then these two girls like 
I forget exactly what happens, but one bumps into the other and they're like, okay, let's fight now. And they're just farty, fighting, <laughs> party. they're just fighting in the party and like ripping each other's clothes off. Oh yeah. That scene is so ridiculous. Yeah. And people are just like, ha ha ha. I gotta love parties. Yeah. I think there's a lot of that. <laughs> but yeah. So I was just like, okay. Um, <laughs> totally and then, normal. And then in the, the red queen kills, What's it called? The Red Queen kills seven times. Yeah. Like, that's the whole, like, motivation is these two sisters are just fighting. Yes. Like, they've been at (laughs) each other's throats their entire lives. And it's hard because I want to dance. I don't want to spoil stuff. But in The Red Queen kills seven times, the whole point of the movie is like, hey, here are these two sisters and they fucking hate each other's guts and they're always fighting. Yes, and there's a lot of tea. And it's like when when they're kids, they're like fighting and the one is grabbing for the knife. It's oh, like, yeah. Damn. Like, whoa. And then and then it fast forwards and then they're like street fighting. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, damn, y'all are adults <laughs> now. <laughs> there's always a lot of drama in jolly and there's multiple different like dramas going on there's multiple like there's so many subplots and like there's a lot going on affairs all kinds of things there's always so much going on other than the main plot but it makes for a very interesting story when it's done well because there are definitely some jolly that like they get lost in the sauce and there's too much plot holes but i think these three are really solid (laughs) <laughs> I I did the the Red Queen kill seven times lost me a few times. It's very crazy. That's I, fair. And uh the end twist, which kind of goes hand in hand with the two sisters beating the shit out of each other. It it's not one of those movie fights. It's like you're watching like one of the like you're scrolling through Twitter and all of a sudden there's just a random street <laughs> fight on your timeline. It's like watching one of those. Except they go even harder than that. And it's just like, <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. Always then, very dramatic. And then Deep Red has the, we already talked about it, Gianna, um, Gianna arm wrestling the pianist, which I guess that's not really women fighting, but it, it's close enough. Close enough, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That was just a really weird trend that I noticed. That's so funny because I never two. noticed that before. Yeah, the first two for sure. I think the third one, that's just kind kind of a stretch. <laughs> yeah. That's so interesting. But yeah, I really, I really enjoyed the strange vices vice of Mrs. Ward. I think I liked the Red Queen kills seven times the least out of the okay. three. Okay. But I still liked it. Yeah, that's valid. I've heard, you know, people have mixed feelings on the Red Queen. And I I thought that one, you know. So, you know, Halloween 2018. Yeah, of course. That film homages a kill from the Red Queen kill seven times. Oh, my God. What is it? So spoilers for both. If you guys haven't seen, I'm assuming most of you listening have not seen the Giallo and have seen the Halloween 2018. Probably. Um, A lot of you probably have seen the Giallo one. So... I shouldn't be making assumptions about my listeners. I'm a, bad, <laughs> I'm a bad podcaster. But but anyways, if you haven't seen either, this is 
the spoiler, I guess, for both. But in Halloween 2018, where the kid who he's best friends with Allison's boyfriend, and then he tries to smooch on Allison when they're walking away from the party. And then it <gasps> has that really cool. I know Michael what you're talking Myers, about. Yeah. Michael Myers in the motion tracker. The and then gate. He just, yeah. And put impaled on the gate. Yeah. Oh, my God. Gagged. I didn't even. Oh, my God. I didn't even think of that. You know why? Maybe because I guess at the time when uh, the Halloween 2018 came out, I I wasn't into Jalo yet. I didn't even that like make that comparison. Oh my god! I yeah. always thought I always thought it was a homage to The Omen because The Omen oh, has a scene yeah. where I can't remember if I think it's Gregory Peck. Yeah, it's Gregory Peck. He gets his arm impaled on yes. the gate when they're trying to escape the devil dogs. Mm-hmm. I remember that. But then I see. I go and watch the Red Queen kill seven times, and it's exactly that. Oh my God. David Gordon Green, Jalo fan. It makes sense. It really <laughs> it does. does. And I think that shines through a lot in his Halloween trilogy, mm. especially because, in my opinion, one of the best scenes, visual, visual scenes of 2018, is where they have Michael killing Discount Loomis by like stomping his head in, which Mm, that's cinema right there. <laughs> yeah. But they're lighting it with the police car lights. So they're bathing Michael in like flashing red and blue lights. And it's really cool and very like that very monocolor, but bright, vivid color of Giallo. Mm, I didn't think of that, but that's that's a good comparison. So I think one could easily say David Gordon Green is a huge fan of Giallo. Or maybe I'm just talking about my ass, talking up my ass. Like, I don't know the guy. (laughs) He could be, you know, he could be a fan. I'm sure he's a fan of Argento. Most directors are. Yeah, I think that's a safe safe assumption. (laughs) Or it's either that or like he's a fan of directors who were fans of Argento. That could be. But that being said, I think David Gordon Green is just old enough to just be a fan of Argento. <laughs> For sure. Whereas like someone my age, I'd say, oh, I'm a fan of David Gordon Green, who's a fan of Argento. In addition mm-hmm. to just being a fan of Argento. Mm-hmm. So like if David Gordon Green would be like, obviously he's a fan of John Carpenter who's a fan of like John Ford and Alfred Hitchcock, you know? Yeah. I I got really happy when I saw that gate kill in the Red Queen kills seven times because I did like the Leo point. Yeah. Oh, I love that. (laughs) I regularly do the Leo point. (laughs) (laughs) It's exciting because these are movies I've never seen before, but then I feel like I'm seeing like, even if I'm sure like most horror fans would know these films, mm-hmm. but the mainstream person doesn't. Right. If I went to a random stranger and said, hey, what's your favorite Giallo film? They're going to look at me and be like, what? Yeah, they don't know. <laughs> they don't know. It's true. I'd be like, in our horror community, with any social media, it can kind of become like an echo chamber. So it's like, where f- we know what Suspiria is, you know? <laughs> right. But like the average person who probably only knows Halloween Scream and anything Jordan Peele does, they're going to be like, Argentu? 
<laughs> it is a it is a niche it's a very niche subgenre i would say for sure and not everybody's I, a fan of it which is fine i do think it can it's kind of like an acquired taste i think so too it, it is because it's so surrealistic and i i can see why it's it can be off-putting it off-put sure. nine-year-old me i mean yeah and there's also aspects to to jolly that you kind of have to accept that like things are ridiculous like there might be like subplots that make no sense but because it's a jalo you're like okay yeah i see why they did that um but it's like if you're not the average jalo watcher you know it's kind of like you might just think it's stupid which is why like the movies that i chose for you to watch i was really specific in adding one that was like kind of quintessential because i feel like red queen is kind of one of those ones that it is great, but there is so much stuff going on and there's so many different subplots. And that's one of the ones that like, it does get a little bit lost in itself. And there are things that are not answered and you're like, wait, what? So that one, I was like, I want to see what his thoughts are on that one. Cause that one can be kind of divisive. And um, then Strange Vice is just like more surreal. So I wanted yeah. to give you like, more surreal too i really enjoyed your picks so i'm i'm excited to delve more into into the subgenre not suspiria (laughs) (laughs) that's okay (laughs) but definitely more argento good good you have to watch tenebrae next tenebrae what is well actually i was about to ask you what is what what it's about but i don't want to know i want to just go in blind (laughs) it's it's a good one and it has daria nicolodi again Okay, I'm sold. <laughs> yeah, she's actually in a in a lot of the ones that her and Argento did together. Is she in Suspiria? Oh my god, I haven't seen Suspiria in so long. I'm gonna look that up because I don't remember. Because that might day. that might influence me conquering my fears. <laughs> I love that. That's so funny. Oh my god. Let's see. I don't watch Suspiria a lot. I've only seen it a total of two times. So <laughs> That makes sense to me. <laughs> she is. She is in it, but it doesn't say who she plays. Maybe it's like a smaller role. Or wait, I wonder if Google just put her there because she's a part of, because she oh. she wrote the screenplay. So I don't think she's in there. But she's a part no. of it. Like yeah. she's behind the scene. Gotcha. Yes. She wrote the screenplay with him, which I didn't know that. And then... There's like the other one, I haven't seen it yet, Inferno. I think I think it's supposed to be like, nobody quote me on here, but I think it's supposed to be kind of like a sequel to Suspiria. I haven't seen it yet, but I know that Daria Nicolodi like really wanted this movie to be made and she is in it. She does act in Inferno. I haven't seen it yet because I'm waiting for like the perfect like time to sit down and watch it. yeah. But yeah, she was very passionate about making Inferno. And I know she had like a lot of say in like what went in the movie and stuff. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So Ten- Tenebrae is definitely on my watch oh, yeah. list. She's amazing in Tenebrae. The ending Ooh. scene, you're going to have to message me after. Okay. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I will. It's so good. <laughs> you're going to, I think you're going to love it for sure. I mean- and it has a great soundtrack from Goblin again. I really dug their score in Deep Red. Yeah. The, the Tenebrae one that. is really good too. 
And I don't know who did the score for The Strange Vice of Mrs. Ward, but I thought that one was pretty good, too. I love that one. Especially at the end. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. I think it's, um, I don't know how to say his name, actually. I think his last name is Miracone. Wait, and... wait, wait. Ennio? Ennio? Yeah, Miracone? yeah, yeah. He did Strange Vice of Mrs. Ward, I'm pretty sure. What? That, I'm gonna that look dude's it up. a legend. <laughs> so I've heard. <laughs> I think he did. No, it's uh, Nora Orlandi. No. Wait. No, but he did do some for Jolly. Maybe Red Queen? I believe I believe you because he's Italian. He he did a lot of the spaghetti westerns. So like the mm. great ones like The Good, The Bad, The Ugly, Once Upon a Time in the West. Those kind of westerns. A Fistful of Dollars. Like a lot of those Clint Eastwood spaghetti westerns. With, yes. Um, I forget the iconic director's name. Oh no, film Twitter is going to crucify me when this episode comes out. But um, I mean, he's Italian. so He is. No, he did do a score for something. Because I saw his name on one of the, the Jolly I watched. I guess it's none of these. Because Red Queen is somebody else. It's Bruno Nicolai. I, I don't remember. But when you look up his name and you look up Jollo, there's a soundtrack collection that pops up. He's, so. I'm sure he's done so many. Yeah. That, that dude was a legend and he's made so many, so many. Sergio Leone, that's the Western director. Oh. Um, I couldn't think of his name, but he's done so much. His Wikipedia. Okay. Okay. He has, they have a whole section, Giallo and Horror, on the Ennio mm. Morricone Wikipedia page. Oh, okay. And. He's done uh, The Bird with the Crystal Plumage. That's an Argento. The Cat O' Nine Tails. Also Argento. <laughs> uh, Four Flies on Gray Velvet. Argento. Nightmare Castle. Uh, the Antichrist. Unknown Woman. Forbidden Photos of a Lady Above Suspicion. <gasps> that's, that's where I saw his name. That's fun that's... to say. Yeah, I love that movie too. That's a good Jalo too. Holy shit. You're not kidding with these titles a lizard in a woman's skin that one i don't love as much but i've seen it i like the title the title's great and i love the cover too it's just unfortunate like the movie just didn't it didn't vibe with me the black belly of the tarantula i love that one <laughs> these are cold eyes of fear sounds like a james bond movie to me that does that does it sounds like an action movie for sure <laughs> there's He's done a bunch. It's all these great titles, and then there's Autopsy. Where oh, I'm I've like, heard of that. Well, I'm just like, that's a one-word Giallo film. I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> yeah, there are those. There are those, yes. They're a little more rare, though. I, well, I guess Suspiria would be... I, as someone who hasn't seen Suspiria, I'm going to count it because it's colorful and it's Argento. I feel like it tethers the line enough that we can get away with calling it that. <laughs> you can come for me in the comment section. So I got to watch Tenebrae. And one I hear a lot about, um, I think it's Giallo. Maybe I'm confusing it. But Blood in Black Lace? Yes, it is a Giallo. Okay, that's one I need to watch too, I think. That's also like, yeah, for sure. That's also like a quintessential along the lines of like Deep Red. Gotcha. That one's from Mario Bava. That one is very fashionable, very beautiful. Ridiculous, but like very beautiful. You can't look away. 
Okay, that that one sounds fun. So I'm very excited to continue my giallo journey. Yay. If you had to pick one off the top of your head, what would be your favorite giallo film at this moment? At this moment. If you would have asked me that like a year ago, I would have said The Red Queen. But at this moment, with the amount of times I've seen this movie, uh, just because like I love watching this movie to study because I'm actually like, trying to work on my own giallo iconic um, <laughs> thank you i'm so passionate about this subgenre and i just like want to bring it back like we need to have more modern jolly my favorite is definitely strange vice of mrs ward i i liked that one a lot yeah i thought just... that one had a great story great um acting from all the um all the actors i think and the ending is just so fucking rad it is. It is. Yeah, I love that one. I think that's a great pick. So the title of this podcast is called Would You Die? And normally I ask my guest, depending on the topic they pick, would they die? Like a lot, a lot of times it's like, would you die if you came across the xenomorph? And usually the answer is like, <laughs> yeah, it's a xenomorph. <laughs> right. Or Jason Voorhees. Like, yeah, um, <laughs> it's pretty easy. Um. Easy to say, I ain't surviving Mikey Mai Mai. So, <laughs> but I'm struggling to figure out a way and it's on me. I should have thought of this, like not in the moment. Sometimes I forget to ask this question. It's oops, my bad. <laughs> but uh, if you found yourself in a Giallo film, not not the one you're making, but like real life <laughs> Giallo, yeah. would you die? See, I don't want to say like the cockiest answer. Like, you know, I feel like personally with the fact that most of the time, and even if it is real life, most of the time, the Jalo killers are kind of stupid and messy. <laughs> like, I just think that I could outsmart the killer. And I'm pretty you... good at fighting. Like, I really think like I could beat his ass. Well, you are an expert. <laughs> it's true. You are an expert. I know this. I know this from doing my homework and <laughs> from this conversation. I didn't know you were a fighter. That also <laughs> comes into <love> play. <laughs> <laughs> that also comes into play. So I believe you. Thank you. I believe you. I would say <laughs> you, would, you would definitely survive. Me, on the other hand, not a chance. I would die. <laughs> It's okay. Would you, I have a question. How would you like to go? Like how, like how stylish do you want your death to be in said Jalo? Well, they're all look so painful. <laughs> they do. They do. They, they all look so painful. Like they really, I feel like they're, uh, those Giallo killers are sadistic. Even more so than Jason and Freddy. <laughs> they are. Like, they really are. But also Jason is Jason and he <laughs> he kills too quickly sometimes. That's true. Because he's a big, strong dude with like and who, who could kill you with anything. The Giallo killers are not nearly as strong as Jason. So like Jason can punch your head off. A Giallo killer has to bash you around an entire room yes. before you die. And then that one dude saw a puppet beforehand. That was freaky. I would definitely hate that death. So I really don't want that. No I think puppets. no, no, because that's freaky. I also For think sure. I heard a uh, 
interview with James Wan. I love James Wan, by the way, where he said Deep Red was one of his favorite films. And now having seen it, I see it. I see it it, throughout his filmography now. Especially in Malignant. Oh, yeah. And even inspired. And even in Saw, like the monotone colors and Saw. The puppet. (laughs) yeah so true and like the detectives and everything yeah yeah but yeah malignant for sure and i fucking love malignant this is a this is a malignant safe podcast uh haters (laughs) haters you're gonna hate that's okay because we got the power of malignant on our on our side (laughs) gabriel stan right here um but uh yeah, how would I die in a giallo? It's a tough question. I feel like I feel like okay, I'm gonna set up the scene. I'm gonna set Ooh. up the scene. Cause I'm the main character in my own story, right? Exactly. So you are for, for some reason I'm going to be investigating a giallo killer. Yes. This Mr. is yes, you're the main character. The protagonist Mis- always witnesses a murder. Mr. Giallo. And I, <laughs> I witnessed something like spooky, something horrific. And I'm like, uh, my first instinct would be to move to the other side of the country. Cause fuck that shit. Nope. Right. I'm out. <laughs> but that's expensive. I can't afford it. So in the act of self-preservation, I'm going to try and figure out what's going on. And as one does in a giallo, I'm going to find myself a strong female sidekick who wants to get down to the nitty gritty and figure out what's going on. But I am going to get butt hurt because she beats me in an arm wrestling contest. And, and I, you know, I can't abide by that. So I write her out of my story immediately because, (laughs) because how rude it's my story. And then um, the Giallo killer gets me because it's, 2024 and we don't got time for that uh insecure bullshit (laughs) valid (laughs) i love it (laughs) so now the strong independent investigator is the main character and she probably figures it out i love that she would figure it out (laughs) so that would be that would be my giallo story (laughs) so hopefully hopefully i never see uh a figure in a long black coat with a fancy hat. They don't all have hats. Not all, all of them. But they have like the leather the Always, leather gloves. yes. Yeah. So hopefully I never see a Giallo killer do his Giallo thing. Cause, uh, yeah, none of that. Because um, I, I, I just wouldn't survive. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was like a whole like... I no, was just I love it. That was great. In my head. <laughs> and then... I, I was going to go through a whole plot, but then I realized I made an error. I'm like, okay, I'm, I just written myself off. Cause if I, <laughs> cause as a screenwriter, once I write that character, having seen deep red, I'm just like, well, I don't want that character to go far. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that would be, that would be my Giallo movie. Thank you so much for being on the show. This has been so much fun. You have a really awesome YouTube channel. Can you tell people who are maybe watching or listening to you for the first time at this very moment what your channel is all about? Sure. Um, 
yeah my youtube channel sweet and spooky everything is pink and girly love horror movies um i obviously focus a lot on the subgenre giallo i love telling people about the subgenre trying to get new people into it um i specifically like highlighting independent horror filmmakers on my channel so i do a lot of list videos about underrated horror films where to stream them um i have a lot of fun streams I do a stream every other month called Table Screams where me and a bunch of my friends, we get a horror movie script of your choice and we do a table read, but we act it all out and we do all crazy voices and it's super fun. And uh, sometimes we have blood and props and we go all out. So it's super fun. And I also do regular streams, like I do watch-alongs and things like that. I'm your girl for horror movies. Come through. Say hi. Hell yeah. <laughs> and where are some of the other social medias thingies that people can find you? Um, On Twitter or, sorry, I have to say X. Ew. Um, I'm just going to yeah. say Twitter. On Twitter. I always say Twitter. I'm... <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying X. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm older than the age of 12. I'm saying Twitter. <laughs> I haven't said X since they changed it. Um, yeah. like <laughs> On there, it's just sweet and spooky. And it's not and, it's with an N, like sweet and low. And then Instagram is sweet and spooky official. So that's where to find me. Oh, also Letterboxd. Follow me. Sweet and spooky. That's it. Awesome. Make sure <laughs> you guys follow my friend Celise. And this has been great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Thanks again to Celise for joining me today and for introducing me to the wonderful world of Diallo. I had so much fun making this episode, and I hope you guys really enjoyed listening to it as well. In case you guys missed it, the Patreon is back. That's right. If you really want to support this podcast, you can help me directly by subscribing to the Patreon. I retooled it so it's only $3 a month and you'll get exclusive content and live streams for patrons only. If you like this show, please let me know. Leave a review and rate on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, or wherever you listen to this show. Also, feel free to interact with me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, wherever you're most comfortable. It may not seem like a lot, but trust me, every single like, share, comment, and follow helps this podcast grow and helps keep me going. And feel free to let me know how I'm doing. What do you guys like about the show? What are some areas I can improve? Guests you'd like me to have on? Monsters you want me to talk about? Let me know what you guys think. A reminder, I just became an affiliate for Fangoria, one of the premier brands in horror. I definitely recommend checking out their magazine and even subscribing. And if you decide to do that, don't forget to use the promo code WOULDYOUDIESHOW for 20% off your entire order. You can find the show's social media on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at WOULDYOUDIESHOW. Also, now you can follow me on TikTok at Would You Die Podcast. Would You Die is a partner with the Three Wise Men Media, a Metro Detroit-based group of awesome guys, Kyle, Tyler, and Dylan, where they bring you professional wrestling, indie comic books, and so much more. The music you hear in the beginning and end of each episode is composed by my friend Josie Palmer. Next week, we are talking about the biggest monster around, and if everything goes right, we should see the first video essay on the YouTube channel. Until next time, I'm Austin Torres. Try not to die.